If you've ever been tempted to compromise and given into that temptation, man, it can be a hollow feeling. But the question is, how do we conquer compromise? Well, the book of Daniel will give us a great example of that. Daniel resolved in his heart not to compromise. We can learn how to overcome temptation, how not to compromise from this chapter, and it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. If you don't make up your mind now that you want to live a holy life, and look, this is the idea. The opposite of compromise is holiness. The opposite of compromise is godliness. It's contentment with where God has me and where I'm headed in terms of my walk with him. The opposite of compromise is holiness. Holiness, simply put, is to be set apart unto God for what he wants you to do and what he wants you to be. And you will be swimming against the tide if you make up your mind to do it. Have you? Have you made up your mind? I'm not going to assume in looking at a group of people like you tonight that you have. Some people might respond, 75%. (laughs) Depends on what day you ask me, Pastor Michael. If you ask me on Sunday between 10 and noon, I've made up my mind. You ask me on Monday at 6.30 a.m. before I've had my coffee. I remember uh, we were at our old location and there were some kids. They were uh, sitting on the wall just by one of the driveways of the church and they were over there smoking cigarettes. And so I looked out my office window and I went, ah, an opportunity. And so I walked outside and I addressed them and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, well, we're we're over here and we live over there and we're at this girl's house and the father came home and kicked us out of the house. Wow. Hmm. Well, where, where do you belong? Well, we're over in this city, and it's like three or four cities away. And we're waiting for a ride. And I said, okay, well, do you realize you're, you're sitting on the church wall here? This is a church. I'm Pastor Michael. Do you guys go to church? Oh, yeah, we, we go to church. So what were you doing at that girl's house? Well, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you answer him, Right. And then one of the kids said something to me. He goes, church is for Sundays. And he said it like that. (laughs) And it's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad. Because what, what we came to find out is they were up to no good. And the answer was church is for Sundays. I don't actually live it out. I just go to a building with my parents. And the question is, have you made up your mind? Oh, I know it takes some time. I I know we're all in process. I know sometimes, you know, we we get introduced to the faith. Some of you have grown up in a Christian home and and some, some people probably have to have a crisis of faith. Some people may have to come to a crossroads and decide if they've decided. And some, maybe every day we kind of have to (laughs) re-decide. Amen? We have to be born again. Amen. But, but 
But even though, even if we're born again, you have to decide to follow Jesus every day. No turning back, girl. <laughs> so Daniel made up his mind that, verse 8, he would not defile himself with the king's choice food. We're back in Daniel 1.8. Or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile. The word defile could be translated soil, desecrate, or pollute himself. And if you do a little uh, homework in the lexicons, the Hebrew lexicon here, it speaks of a religious defilement. He did not want to pollute himself in terms of his faith before God. And so Daniel made up his mind. Now, is this a place where you should, should you die on this hill? You might ask Daniel if you're like one of his buddies. Is this the place that you want to make the stand when it comes to lunch? The lunch menu, man, we got problems here. <laughs> We're in Babylon. We ain't in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Come on. But Daniel made up his mind. And Daniel seems to be the one who's leading the group. You're going to see it's all of them. But Daniel seems to be a leader within leaders. And he said, I don't want to defile myself. He made up his mind. So before him was the king's choice food, the wine which he drank. So Daniel sought permission from the commander of the officials, the man apparently directly over the captives. And I don't know what the conversation was like, but it was... It may have started off with just something like this. I, I don't want to defile myself, man. I, there's laws from my land, and, and I want to be clean before my God. You do have to make up your mind. Psalm 101, verse 3 says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. Psalm 101, verse 3. Psalm 423, excuse me, uh, Proverbs 423 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Uh, the book of Hebrews says, Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Uh, there's scriptures that say, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So even though I appreciate our sister here on the front row, I still would argue that it's still a decision that you make to put on the new man, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to put on the armor of God. Even though you're born again, you still have to put on the new man. You have to make a decision to put away the old and to walk in the new. And that's what Daniel had before him. That's what Moses had to face. That's what Abraham had to face. And interestingly enough, as I said to you last week, the book of Daniel, Daniel's name means God is my judge. Nebuchadnezzar's not my judge. The official over the captives is not my judge. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Remember I showed you Dan means judge and El is the name of God. And there's a tribe, the, the tribe of Dan, which has the idea of judge and El at the end of his name is the name of God. God is my judge. You're not my judge, Nebuchadnezzar. You're not my judge, king of the officials. God is my judge. But I will say to you that even though Daniel made this decision in the moment, it couldn't have been an easy decision. And I'll say to you that holiness and the road to holiness is, for the most part, hard. <laughs> the 
Holiness is hard. In school, in the workplace, when it comes to business ethics, when it comes to, you know, all kinds of things that come at us, it, it can be hard. But the more you do it, the more you just deal with the peer pressure and you decide that I want to please God first and foremost, I think it does get easier. Now notice what happens. Back to the sovereignty of God. Daniel decided God granted Daniel, Daniel 1.9, favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. It's like the writer wants us never to forget that even though Daniel decided God was the one giving him the grace. See, apart from Jesus, I can do how much? Nothing. So God was the one who gave Daniel favor and compassion. So I think it's reasonable when we are making decisions regarding holiness. We don't want to compromise. Uh, I often pray, as I pray over people, Lord, would you grant favor to this person? You know, would you grant them compassion? Would you, would you let them be a blessing and let others see Jesus in them? And so God honored Daniel's desire for holiness, and he will do the same for you. God will honor a desire for holiness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. Blessed are you. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be satisfied. You'll be blessed. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a blessing. 1 Corinthians 10 is where I'd like to take you next. Hold your place in the book of Daniel. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It reads this way. It says, No temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, what does God provide? He provides the way out, the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. With, just park here for a second, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Every temptation is common to everyone. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be too much for you without providing this, without providing a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So every temptation that comes your way, and by the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. You don't want to be silly about, if you turn back to the book of Daniel, don't put yourself in a situation of temptation. But if a temptation comes your way, and there it is, and it's like, you know, it's going to happen from time to time, just know that God says it's common to everybody, and there will be a way of escape. But a way of escape sounds to me like you still have to take it, doesn't it? If there's a way out, if you were in a certain situation and there was a certain escape route or there was a certain way out, say there was a secret passage or a, a door or something like that, you still have to take the exit. God provides the lit sign, <laughs> arrow, but... There is still this tension with God providing the way of escape, but you having to take the way of escape, right? So again, you can see that combination. Now back in Daniel 1.10, the commander of the officials, and Daniel took a risk here because the commander of the officials could have responded in any number of ways. Who knows? 
In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holidays trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. If a temptation comes your way and there it is and it's like, you know, it's going to happen from time to time, just know that God says it's common to everybody and there will be a way of escape. But a way of escape sounds to me like you still have to take it, doesn't it? If there's a way out, if you were in a certain situation and there was a certain escape route or there was a certain way out, say there was a secret passage or a a door or something like that, you still have to take the exit. God provides the lit sign, (laughs) arrow, but there is still this tension with God providing the way of escape, but you having to Take the way of escape, right? So again, you can see that combination. Now back in Daniel 1.10, the commander of the officials, and Daniel took a risk here because the commander of the officials could have responded in any number of ways. Who knows? He might have just said, just go and kill this guy. We got plenty of young people from these lands. But the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid. (laughs) Well, shouldn't Daniel have been afraid? But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. The commander of the official says, I'm afraid of my Lord the King, who has appointed your food and your drink, the, the yours plural. For why should he see your faces, probably addressing him and his friends and maybe others, looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. All of a sudden, the commander of the officials is saying, I hear what you're saying, brother, (laughs) but you don't know Nebi like I know Nebi. (laughs) See, he's a little cranky. And if he finds out that you don't like his carne asada (laughs) and his house wine, (laughs) he may have issues with me. And I am in no mood to forfeit my noggin, my head to the king. I'm afraid. You've kind of shaken me, man. Maybe this was a request that he had never gotten before. Maybe there was nobody like Daniel that he ever ran into before. And so he said, I'm scared. This is, this is difficult. But Daniel said to the overseer, verse 11, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. There again we see uh, the Hebrew names of these four heroes you got Daniel, we all know him. Then you have Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel proposed, he said, please test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now I have an alternate proposal. I know you're afraid. 
I know you think Nebuchadnezzar will be mad, but your concern, sir, was that we'd look haggard, that we'd look unhealthy to the king. And, and I have a proposal. Here's my proposal. Let's do a 10-day test. You give us veggies and water. The other young men can have the delicacies, the, the meat and the wine. And we'll see how things go. Now, to back up for a second, the meat that was served in the Babylonian Empire, just like happened in the Greek world and the Roman world, was often sacrificed to the false gods. And as you do some studies in the background of Babylon, it's more than likely that the meats that were served at dinner tables were sacrificed to gods. And I'm talking about now false gods and goddesses. Now, Paul in the New Testament addresses this issue and he says, look, if you went to the meat market and you bought a piece of meat and you don't know, you know, you, you've found some steak on sale, it's $2.99 a pound, whatever it is, and, and you don't know and you eat the steak and it was put before some statue, Paul says, you're good. But if you know and your conscience bothers you or... If you're okay with it, but someone next to you says, did you know they sacrificed that before that false? Then Paul says, don't eat it. Don't eat it if your conscience bothers you and don't eat it if it would stumble a brother. He says, if I would eat something or drink something that would ever stumble a brother, then I, I won't do it. And I think we're all, we're all familiar with that. And so Daniel had... The kosher idea, because the, the blood had to be drained from the meat, and there was, there was certain animals that were unclean on the Jewish menu, so to speak. Daniel didn't want to defile himself, so that's part of that. So he says, let's have a test. How many of you would vote for this? Vegetables and water for the next 10 days. How many of you are willing to take that on right now? Anybody? No? Say, oh, man. Vegetables and water? How many of you hid your vegetables from your parents when you were young or you fed them to the dog under the table? <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, right? Boy, you ate your broccoli so quickly tonight, Junior. The dog underneath the table going, <laughs> with the stock sticking out. Vegetables and, remember, he's still a teenager. Teenagers and vegetables? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> now, the word for vegetables is an interesting word in Hebrew. It can include grains. Some years ago, we did a Daniel fast for 21 days in the church, and part of it was a food fast. But um, the Hebrew word can refer to wheat or barley. It could be fresh vegetables, including grains. So uh, some years ago, we did this Daniel diet, and here's what we got to eat. Brown rice, oats, barley, all fruits and all vegetables, including potatoes. We could eat seeds, nuts, and sprouts. We could eat legumes like pinto beans, dried beans, split peas, lentils, black-eyed peas, lima beans, navy beans, kidney beans. But we couldn't eat meat, white rice, all fried foods, carbonated beverages, alcohol, refined sugar, sugar substitutes, all products containing white flour, all products containing preservatives or additives, and all eggs and dairy were off the table. Now, those are some sweeping things, right? 
And when we did that fast, people discovered the power of salsa. <laughs> salsa can make a lot of things taste better that don't taste so good on their own. So Daniel says, okay, well, let's do this. You let us eat this menu and let our appearance be observed in your presence, the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So here's the 10-day test. And so he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. All right, so the food is served and uh, these four over here, they, yeah, that's what they get. They get broccoli, carrots, and a glass of water. They get asparagus, they get whatever. And it went on for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their appearance seemed better, verse 15, and they were fatter <laughs> than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. Now, the Hebrew word, probably better, translated in the NIV says, at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Now imagine this, if you've ever gone to a nice restaurant and let's just say that you had a nice meal that you don't normally eat, maybe it included some of these things. Can you imagine eating that every day for 10 days? I can't. You know, there's meals for special occasions and then there's kind of your go-to diet. I don't know what your go-to diet is, but it's probably some staples that you are used to eating every day, right? Can you imagine if every day you had uh, a steak and wine every day, every day, every day? And plus, these are teenagers. So you could imagine. Daniel was wise about how he approached this. And at the end of 10 days, well, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Maybe the young men who were eating the royal food were walking around like, <laughs> And Daniel's friends were like, broccoli, spinach. Dun, 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 dun. Isn't that what made Popeye strong? Just a little spinach. And so God honored them and they were healthy. And the overseer, 16, continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. Noted that the 10-day test went way beyond 10 days. The, once he saw the results, he kept giving them vegetables and water. So I'm hoping that the vegetable diet included some sort of grains, like you could eat oatmeal or have a piece of toast or something. But he continued to give them a, what we call a kosher diet. He kept them away from food sacrifice to idols and all of the other stuff that went with it. And these four youths, verse 17, God gave, again, the sovereignty of God, the omniscience of God, the power of God. God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Now, within verse 17, you can see God gave. There are uh, sections in the New Testament that says God gave. God gave some as apostles and prophets pastors and teachers, the evangelists, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. God gave certain leaders, certain giftings to the church to equip the saints to do the ministry, 
not to have the saints listen to sermons and go home. God gave pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so forth for the equipping of the saints to do the ministry. And praise God that so many of you are doing ministry. You're not just listening to the word of God. You're actually doing ministry. And that's a blessing. God gave knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. My point is this. Notice that God can bless your intellect. Now, I don't think that means you don't study. Uh, some people have done that whole thing. You know, they, they don't study for the test, and here it comes, and they're like, Oh, Lord! Please impart to me the knowledge of how to do these fractions and calculations in the name. <laughs> you in trouble. Because God does not bless laziness. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. I want to tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.